This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we're rolling right along in our adventures in Acts with Paul visits James, Paul arrested in the temple, Paul asks to speak, Paul's story begun, and Paul's story interrupted. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by our
God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, 
since we cannot stand before you relying on anything we have done. Help us trust in your abiding grace and live according to your word. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. A reading from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 55. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is the word of God. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 20th chapter. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing. He said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. When those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. 
Now, when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. On receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first last. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Reverend fathers, brothers, brothers and sisters in Christ, life is so unfair. Every teenager knows that mantra. And we adults tut-tut them for their ignorance of the world and its apparently less than equitable outcomes. Yet in our heart of hearts, we may also whine that we see a moral imbalance in the universe. We who are good are inevitably afflicted with trouble. Even the psalmist sees his life to be full of troubles. He says, together with our Lord Messiah, my soul is full of troubles. My life draws near to Sheol. Our discernment is not incorrect. The world's goods are not equitably distributed, so no matter how hard Marx and his brutal followers may try to fix that, perhaps the teenager is correct after all. Life is not fair. Why should that sow's ear, Donald Trump, have all that money? We moan at God when we hear some ne'er-do-well having hit the Powerball lottery winning tens of millions of dollars. Why do such worthless people prosper? Of course, implicit in that question is the accusation that God should have dropped such a great windfall on me. Lord, have mercy. And yet the shocking number of instant millionaires that become overtime paupers, cursing the day of their supposed good fortune, confirms the trouble brought on by winning the lottery. Be careful what you pray for. You might get it. The ambivalence of our moral judgments about moral equity in the universe should drive us to confess, along with Isaiah, that God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts than our thoughts. 
There's a moral inscrutability about the ways of God. Not that those hidden ways are immoral. It's just simply we don't have any right to judge. It's just beyond our ability to see how the ultimate justice is being served by what appears to be the unfairness of the world. In this matter, we walk by faith, not by sight. The final judgment at which Christ will preside as the ultimate judge will make all clear. This we believe. The greatest moral inscrutability is displayed at Calvary. The innocent for the wicked is betrayed into the hands of the wicked. Good is returned for evil. The all-powerful God displays weakness unto death. This good man is poor. Sorrows pursue him whose perfect life leads us to suppose that he should be happy if anyone should be. And we who ought to have happiness stripped from us are given joy, the joy of which he was deprived. He is dismissed from the bar of his own court not only unavenged against his accusers, but even condemned, wronged by the iniquity of the judge and overwhelmed by false evidence. We, we, his guilty accusers, have been given life of an extraordinary length while his is cut off. Why are we who are full of crimes, crowned with glory and honor, while the blameless man is buried in the darkness of neglect and counted among the transgressors? This is the mystery of God's justice. Believe it. You'll understand it later. One can only live by faith in the midst of sufferings and burdens, there are no external props that will support us in the midst of such trials. Often people conclude that God is their enemy and that he has afflicted them unjustly and unfairly. And if they judge with their eyes, with all their senses, they would be correct. But our Lord discourages our measurement of him according to our earthly standards. His cross points to a standard of divine mercy that teaches an acceptance of suffering, which the world can never fathom nor understand. Faith believes that there is life when we feel only the burden of death, that there is salvation when we feel damnation, that there is peace when we feel only animosity. We judge God so easily on the basis of human wickedness like the child who whines to his parent about how unfair life is. 
The theology of the cross means that God is only seen through the contraries, the opposites. He mocks our spiritual wisdom by destroying it with his foolishness. We can judge our experiences on the basis of human standards, and there is a place for this in our daily lives, of course. But the picture painted by this judgment never tells us about God's love in Christ. Only his promises to us will tell us that he will never leave us nor forsake us, especially when we feel abandoned and forsaken by him. Our feeling can never trump God's decisive will to love us, even to death, his death on the cross. And so it is that the crucified Christ is for every person. We can look into the open sores of our own sin. We can look into our missing concern for divine things. We can look into our own moral rot. We can look upon our hard, closed hearts. We can look into the malignant coming that, cunning that comes from a life running from a gracious God. We can look into the false humility of the professional Christian like me, and still we know that Christ is present for us. Because God's word has told us this many times. We can see a thousand criminals and still know that Christ is for them. He is for sinners. He is for you. We can be comforted as we approach the altar here this day to receive Christ's body and blood. Do we get just part of the gift? Is it only a little body and a little blood? If we are weak and struggling, do we only get the gift in part? Do we only get partial forgiveness because we've only worked one hour of the day? Does God open his tally books while you're kneeling here to determine how much grace you'll get out of the sacrament of the altar? No, a thousand times not. He doesn't do that any more than the master of the vineyard chooses to give different laborers different wages according to what they deserve. And so it is that we receive with our mouth Christ's body and blood because it depends on God's grace. That collect is so beautiful. It depends not on my faith, not on my work, not on my labor, not on my effort, not on my anything. So we ask, is it wrong for God to be so gracious? Should we complain at God for his incredible mercy? Isn't he free to be good and gracious with what is his? We may indeed find ourselves with those who have worked only from the 11th hour. And that's just fine. 
because Christ has paid the full price for all. Our God is an eleventh hour God. He proves it in Christ. And these are his ways. Amen. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses human understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Seminarian Morgan Phillips and his family as they mourn the death of his grandmother, Jacqueline Peterson. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the mission of the Church, that God would preserve among us the truth of his saving word, that our hearts would burn with a love for those who do not know their Savior, and that in our daily witness we would joyfully point others to the love of God in Christ Jesus. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord For the nations of this world, that God would establish trust and peace where there is enmity and bloodshed, and that God would give to the leaders of our country wisdom, purity of motive, and dedication to their duties. Let us pray to the Lord. For all those in need, especially the sick, the distressed, and those who mourn, including the family of Jacqueline, that God would relieve their suffering and sorrow, granting them comfort and support within the communion of saints. Let us pray to the Lord. For the firefighters, police, and other public servants who serve the common good that God would give them courage and protect them as they selflessly carry out their duties. For doctors, nurses, and medical technicians, that they may attend to the injured, the sick, and the dying with diligence and compassion. And for all volunteers, that they may give themselves joyfully in service to those in need, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for the faithful who have gone before us, let us give thanks that we might remain faithful even to death and be brought to share in the joy of eternal life with them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Hear us, kind Father, for the sake of your beloved Son, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.
the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. good right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you holy lord almighty father everlasting god through jesus christ our lord therefore with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O oh Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily
Jesus Christ on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
this true body and true blood of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in body and soul unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.